0: Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, your weekly discussion of motoring news. This is episode 341 on Tuesday, the 7th of July, 2020. Hello, I'm Alan. Hello, I'm Andrew. And this week we'll be asking, is another new car company nothing more than Vaporware?
1: We talk about how subscriptions could shake up how we spec a car, and we wonder if anyone in the car industry will reply to a car sale inquiry ever again. But first, we have a smidgen of follow-up first e-scooter trial, rental e-scooter trial, because they're the only legal e-scooters in the country, will be happening in the Tees Valley. The mayor, Ben Houchin, apologies to the mayor of Tees Valley. I'm just going to let you dig
0: this one yourself, to be to honest. The
1: Tees Valley for butchering his name there. But he was very happy that they are getting the first go at this. Of all the places... To try an e-scooter, I didn't think T- Grim North was going to be
0: the place where it started. Do, do you think they're going to be allowed an extra power boost for when you're going into the wind? <laughs> I, I think it's perfect. I, I would up actually hills. much. Yeah, I would actually much rather it was being tested in in the Tees Valley than in than in somewhere like Brighton or or Exeter or somewhere in Cornwall, uh, where it's sort of generally quite. Warmish and dryish uh, uh, because I, suppose, I think yeah. that this will be a proper stress test. I mean it's not quite doing it in glasgow, but it's it's getting to that, yes, and you are also level.
1: going to get a gauge of public opinion <laughs>
0: It's going to yeah. be
1: very uh very clear in the thoughts now there's only going to be a hundred of these scooters, which will be probably more than enough for a trial to be fair, mm. when there hasn't been any at all, hopefully. The systems that have been put in place, as in where they must be put, where they must be relocated, how they're tracked, how people pay for them, all these other things that go into it is is sensibly done and they don't actually have to make too many adjustments when it comes to a nationwide release of these.
0: There's another thing is that the scooters will be left in certain locations to be charged as opposed to just randomly scooters uh, scooters scattered uh, and you've uh, just created and, a new verb i know <laughs> and the scooters will be provided by a company called ginger which i don't know it just totally the wrong images in my mind but there we go that's new startup names for you isn't it quite
1: There must be numbers instead of letters in there as well. But anyway, new news, and it is SMMT
0: time. It is SMMT time. Numbers down by about a third June on June. It's just over a third, actually. Down 34.9%. Generally, not really a surprise, I don't think. Only 35%? I'm surprised at that. There is that. I mean, you're, yeah, even I am, and I'm not nearly as negative as you are generally about stuff. The <laughs> petrol down about forty percent, diesel down about sixty percent, and the BEV, FEV, HEV, HEV conglomeration of vehicles with large alternators is up seventy three point three percent, making up twenty three point seven percent of the market. What else? What do we? What else do we need to talk about? Top tens?
1: Yeah, let's go straight to the top tens.
0: It's an unusual one this month. Less so
1: than last month, though.
0: Yes, less so than last month. Do you know what it's it's more like the top tens used to be long before we started doing this, and before the small s u v craze started mm, yeah, it is very much b and c segment, I would say. Plus a plus a couple. So number 10 is the Volkswagen Tiguan. He says, completely contradicting what he's just said, uh, with 2,494 registrations. Number 9 is the Tesla Model 3 with 2,500-ish. A small jump to the Nissan Qashqai at 8. Mercedes-Benz A-Class at 7. And just breaking across the 3,000 mark at 6 is the Volkswagen Golf. That's 3,042. Uh, Mini, a nice round 3,400 in a 5. 4 is the Ford Focus. 3 is the Take a Drink Toyota Yaris. 2 is the Ford Fiesta. I had to say that because he was already taking one. 2nd is the Ford Fiesta with 4,386. And that means that topping the table is the Vauxhall Corsa. That must be the new Vauxhall yeah, the Corsa. New Corsa. with 4,528 registrations, so not much in it there. There was an interesting point made by someone else, which is the light commercials, the highest registering, the most registered light commercial vehicle was the Ford Transit Connect. Custom. And from memory, because I don't have the number in front of me, I think it was 4,700-ish.
1: It did beat it, but it was the custom.
0: Oh, was it the custom? Pardon me. So there were more more sort of regular size Ford Transits registered than than Vauxhall Courses. Well, of course, we're now going to be a nation of delivery drivers. This is why. That <laughs> is very <laughs> much the case, actually. It's pretty much it's, our it's... only industry
1: left now.
0: <laughs> it really is. No, no, no. Uh, warehouses. Oh, yes. Delivery drivers. A, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's about all we can do. That's why they're springing. They're trying to build even more around here, like flipping Northamptonshire mushrooms.
1: Oh, dear. Right, let's go on to the spreadsheet of Doom, and I've kept it very simple this month. There are a few positives in here, and that's all we're going to mention. That's all we're going to go through. So I will start with Bentley is up 8.5%. So last year they registered 94. This year they've registered 102, so that's good news. Lexus is up quite a lot at 13.3%. MG massively up 80 nearly 88% to 2025 registered vehicles Porsche's up 0.19% but it's a positive so I've put it in <laughs> that was the criteria this month Sanyong is up 30% Toyota up 2.73 now that doesn't sound like much of a percentage but last year They registered 11,398 and this year it's 11,709. So that's still a
0: heck of a chunk. It was Toyota and Lexus' best months ever. Mm -hmm.
1: And the other import, which obviously is heavily uh, linked to Tesla, is up 446.82% with 2,838 vehicles. Now, I did notice that it was talked about, obviously, in the SMMT chairman's notes about how a lot of this is just the fact that, uh, in their opinion, is the fact that showrooms have opened again. So these are coming through the system. They're still very worried, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Hmm. Sorry, I didn't know if that was going to go anywhere or if we're going to wait
1: no sorry that that sort of may we have to keep an eye on for next month to see whether then there's an adjustment in figures or whether that is a yeah. trend that's going to continue like it has that last,
0: month. but not all of not all of the dealerships are even open for most of the June numbers anyway
1: well, i now nah, you say that, but I've heard a lot of comments where people said nearly everything's open. they may not be fully staffed by any stretch of the imagination. But, mm-hmm. but sites are actually open again so it depends okay. on who's still I think it's down to staff members actually still being furloughed and the staff who aren't having to try and pick up the slack so
0: okay yeah it's there's going to be a couple of different layers to this I guess mm-hmm. and the fact it's coming into uh summer holiday time as well yeah probably won't probably won't help too much
1: you spotted something else to do with the registration numbers and the classifications though that i think is worth discussing
0: there was a thread by alex grant friend of the show etc and he was looking at he was trying to recut some of the the sort of the classification figures there around petrol and diesel and full hybrid and plug-in hybrid and electric fuel cell and stuff and the point that that he was kind of making is that really mild hybrid is generally way mild enough that they're not, they're not the same as a plug-in hybrid or a full hybrid or an electric and fuel cell, because the battery electric vehicle covers the the, the rather low number of fuel cell vehicles, Mm. uh, which get registered as well. And he was pointing out that the more electrification is involved in a vehicle, in its powertrain, the more resilient the registrations seem to have been so far in 2020.
1: Yeah. I think we're now getting to a point where SMMT need to split out the mild hybrid.
0: He also points out, for fairness, that this is not a normal year and yeah. therefore the numbers may not tie at all. But he was trying to work out how much the mild hybrid numbers removed from petrol and diesel and their decline. And the answer was not a huge amount. Right. But, you know, they do take some away, but not lots and lots. Mm -hmm.
1: No, it's an interesting one.
0: I thought it was a good and interesting one. It's it's Alex, so it's always worth taking his opinions on these things and what he says into into account, because they're normally pretty darned well thought through before he voices them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, sort of tied in with SMMT and new car registrations is the news that an electric car scrappage scheme has apparently been rejected by the government. There was... Lots of muttering from some of the press, more the mainstream press, and some from within the industry saying, ooh, £6,000 off the price of a new electric car. That'd be awesome.
0: It hmm. would.
1: But the the government's turned around and gone, well, not really, because that's going to be tricky. And one of their other fears is that it would be open to abuse potentially mm-hmm. so it doesn't look like a scrappage scheme is going to come however i have seen some others who are more experienced with how the government discusses things to do with the car industry saying they haven't completely ruled it out so it gives them some wiggle room to turn around on that as we've yeah. seen is a bit of a thing that's happened lately with the government when perhaps they fully understand the situation should we say
0: Yes, of course, the other week we talked about something similar to this, which was related to the fleet carbon uh, CO2 emissions Mm -hmm. as well, that maybe there's a certain amount of, well, actually, they can just launch their own. Here's some money back for buying an electric car car or a low carbon dioxide car, because that's going to be cheaper for the that's going to be cheaper for them than the fines yeah absolutely. and that takes some pressure off the government as well yes i think uh, so. and just just underlines that
1: i mean anybody who's listened to us for the last month or so knows our feelings about scrappage schemes and the seeming call for them immediately there's a wobble but from my personal experience in the last week or so I think the car industry, particularly when it comes to point of sale, needs to get itself in order.
0: H- have you been having trouble actually getting people to ring you back from dealerships then? And-
1: yes, I have cash, with which which I have told them, and I have said I want to buy a car from you, and people don't get back to you. So if you can't do the basics, and I would think returning calls and emails and messages is quite basic... In a sales job, I have quickly evaporating sympathy when it comes to calls for a scrappage scheme because oh there's we need to inject some desire and some want from the buying public. Come on, guys, this is just oh.
0: are you saying you're buying public who have desire and want and who 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 aren't actually being satisfied?
1: absolutely. We know exactly what we want. We are going to be the easiest customers they could possibly have. We have told people this. We have explained what we want. We've explained that we understand areas of finance and costs per month and deposits and all this. We know exactly what it is. Just please come back to us. Please come back to us. Not happening. And, I, and by the way, I do understand that people have got reduced staff levels. I understand all this, but to get nothing back at all from over a dozen sites, then you can understand that we're a teeny weeny bit frustrated here.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. People actually, you know, you know that that desire to have a good service and in, in exchange for money is, is is obviously quite baffling to them.
1: There are certain people in the household who are bewildered i think is the polite way to put it and who i am keeping away from the phone because i don't want people who potentially might want to sell us cars to be crying
0: she was so bewildered i actually got a text earlier on to warn me of how bewildered she was yes but
1: but seriously that's
0: quite a bad sign
1: quite seriously do basics right and then then you can worry about scrappage schemes and stuff like that if people are trying to give you money answer them reply to them and try to help them out you will be surprised at how far that gets you
0: okay have you said enough now that will get you let back into the house
1: yes well until they hear the recording i may be back out again (laughs) (laughs) right let's move on move on let's go to france
0: Yes, and we're not the only people going to France with this story. Yeah, Mercedes-Benz <laughs> is looking to sell the Smart Factory in northern France. That's the that's factory where Smart have, have always been built, at Hambach, right up on the French-German border. I was
1: going to say, that sounds a very Germanic name. It is.
0: It's one of those bits of France, sometimes Germany, sometimes Belgium. It's one of those bits of Europe. Every 20, 30 years, normally, there's a small redrawing of borders. And you don't want to go. You don't want to both be plowing the fields as a dangerous job. All right. (laughs) So it's currently set up. It currently uh, produces the the two smarts, the, the four twos there. Part of it, I believe, has recently been rejigged to be able to deal with building larger SUVs, rather than just smarts. And that leads us kind of into the second part of this story, which came out today, which is the Ineos, the awfully British vehicle manufacturer, who uh, make a big deal about building an awfully British off-roader-styled <laughs> Remarkably similarly to a to a well known, awfully British off-roader, which was going to be superbly British and bring jobs back to Britain, is, is talking about not building factories in Portugal and uh, not taking over the the Ford plant at Bridgend in in Wales, which is still part of Britain, and instead building their vehicles uh, in in that plant instead
1: so are they the are they the advance party for an invasion of france is that what we're saying
0: i'm not quite sure that that's the case i'm not i'm not not going going there really (laughs) yes it smarts a little bit given you know the 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 management of Ineos and how they are in the past yeah they're, they're looking to i mean you can see that it makes sense Okay, Uh, if this was a big manufacturing co, then them saying, well, actually, it makes more sense to buy a factory that's already kitted out for building vehicles in one package Mm -hmm. and build it there. However, when you're a company that has been making a very big deal about the fact that you are from a particular country and that you're new and you're different, then it kinda smarts a little bit.
1: Well, when that when that local region has spent so much money in to this point getting it almost ready to yeah. be built on.
0: Yes, exactly. Then it kind of smarts a bit to go actually, you know what, I think we're actually we're gonna build it over there in that other country.
1: Yes. Is now is this agile thinking or is this because things weren't along as far as perhaps the impression has been given?
0: Um Okay. Uh, I don't think things are as far along as the impression has been given.
1: That's my opinion too. This seems incredibly late to be making such a move. No matter how good that looks, and it does look good. I just think it's very, very late in the game.
0: I'm sorry, Andrew. I'm, t- I'm walking a tight, tight rope here on this one, I'm afraid. I would have thought that generally... They would have been further along on many aspects of development than they seem to be. Mm-hmm. That's as much as I can can say. Do uh, you really,
1: tweezers for that fence issue you've got? <laughs> Any splinters? Coming I like from being it? employed.
0: <laughs> being employed is good, Andrew. <laughs>
1: I am very surprised in some of the announcements very recently because I presumed from the noises that were coming out, like you say, things were further on than they now appear to be.
0: I had, yes. Well, I, I thought that that was the case. And then I heard something about, oh, six months ago. Was it start of the year, into last year? And I thought, gosh, this is awfully late to be doing that. And so, yeah, I, I wasn't wasn't really sure i mean i i understand so i can understand from their point of view about well let's go buy something but then i i don't know i i don't know how how far out the vehicle is the the, the grenadier is meant to be is it, it they say next year <sighs> well good luck I, I i just that seems that seems awfully close yeah I, I i don't know It it's a confusing one this uh and that's before we we then start getting cynical on no-deal Brexit, trade tariffs, and all these kind of things on you know the BMW engines, drivetrains, bits of vehicles that need to come in, and that that 4% or whatever it is extra is going to smart. <laughs> Sorry, no pun intended at the time of making it. That Yeah, and I don't know if, if that, and it simply doesn't add up in the business plan to make it in the UK. Mm. I don't know how French unions would suddenly be better, to be perfectly honest, unless pure desperation.
1: We'll have to keep our eye on that one, because just uh, Spidey sense is beginning to tingle, rather.
0: Yes, mm. it is a little that's, bit.
1: that's panning out. Right, I'm going to move us on to BMW. And the news that was greeted with much cheer, open arms, and uh, optimism from most of the internet that BMW might be bringing in a subscription service for optional extras. Oh, no, it wasn't optimism and open arms it was with derision and howls of anger and closed minds i think was generally how
0: it was i'm amazed that you're that that you're because this was your choice your choice to talk about this yep i had do you know what i had intentionally avoided this because i expected you to go off the deep end and i thought i just can't be bothered listening to him but it's actually the opposite way around i think
1: Uh, i am not against the idea Although I don't believe it will be well executed talking of talking of fence fences and city that
0: really is I mean you could choose me and mine was perfectly reasonable reason for for, for for sitting on a fence because the the thing with this and i am I've just stolen your story i am sorry uh the thing with this is that it I can see both sides of it and it depends on how you wish to to acquire a vehicle yep Absolutely. So, quite frankly, if you're the kind of person that goes right, I want a two-year lease or a three-year lease on a vehicle. I'm going to put down a small amount. I'm going to pay this much each month. I never intend on paying that balloon payment. yeah And so, I'm only going to have the car for two or three years. If it's cheaper for me to buy the subscription service for, two, you know, you buy it, it lasts three years to begin with, then do you know what? That's absolutely perfect for me. Yep. And that's great. And that. If you're then someone who buys used cars at three years old, there is a benefit too in that you buy a bare bones as far as, you know, you buy the car with the physical attributes you wish and then you can add in the enhancements that you you want. Yeah. And you can ignore the ones that you, you don't and you don't need. Yeah. And so I don't know whether you have to then... You can then buy a for the rest of time ticky box package, or you can buy a subscription. And I think that that'll depend on how your how your mindset is and how you you are as a person. I don't know where I sit on this because uh, I like when I go out and I spend money on an asset. I like the asset to be mine. I would want to know that I'm buying it with that. When I buy a car, I don't know if I am going to keep it forever, or if I am not going to like it after two years, or if decided something's changed after two years, so or three years or whatever, which is weird. And and that's in Europe; that makes sense. In the US, where people lease, go out and buy a lease deal for seven years, Mm. they finance their cars a ridiculous term. What we think of as ridiculous terms, like five, sixty, yeah, five year finance deals and stuff. I don't know if they ever get to the end of them but which it just seems a bit a bit crazy if you end up lumped with it or the world changes or something. But that's, that's my European point of view on these things. I can see why. It's a kind of continuing revenue stream for BMW. They probably get more for it, but then people pay it out as if it's maybe as, as if it's part of their monthly I don't know. I, yeah. I haven't decided if I like it or not. I, I think what have th- I missed? This
1: is the, I, I don't think you've actually missed anything in this. It's the next logical step in the way that the buying public has been funneled into the finance.
0: As a service.
1: Finance a brand new car, as in you never own it. It's the next mm. logical step is, okay, well, they've accepted the massive car, the massive payment, maybe there's some bells and whistles we can add on as well because not everybody wants everything so then we can make that initial price look lower and this is this is the key thing if they if the optional extras being added as a subscription model drops the base price of the physical entity down significantly mm-hmm. in percentage wise which i believe it would need to do even though they are technically kitting the car out fully for all possible options being ticked. I
0: I did miss something, so let me come back once you've finished. Okay.
1: If they drop the initial price of the car, and then the extra affordability is, what bits can I get on top? Because at the minute, if we go back, the Grand Tour did a great job on this, of... Uh, When they talked about cars when they were kids, the parents' cars when they were kids, is people had you know you had the little badge on the back. Ooh, they've just got the base model. Ah, they're middle management. Ooh, he's in the boardroom. Look, you can just tell by Mm. the by the base. And that's been very blurred as we've as we turn up now in 2020 because people because of the way finance happens and people just as you've said there in America just stretch out that payment so it, it yeah. becomes more affordable per month so some people you go well how have they got that car well because they're paying it over seven years rather than two where the neighbor is and we can tie that in with how popular mercedes bmw audi is on mm-hmm. people's driveways i mean they're mainstream manufacturers now they're not
0: uh, they're more mainstream than the mainstream ones
1: yeah quite and if you look at brand you know how much a brand sells i i think it's the next logical step i think they have to be incredibly careful with the initial price and how they do this. Because if they look like they're price gouging people, mm-hmm. as it looked like with that Apple CarPlay thing, that just looked and felt like, oh, hang on, there's something we haven't squeezed money out of you from.
0: Yeah, that one looked bad.
1: They have to be very careful how they approach this and sell this to the public. But I can see a lot of people going for it.
0: Do you know what? what so what I missed... Was I realised that the, the the link to this that's in the show notes uh, will be to Roadshow the the CNET CNET site mm-hmm. uh, in the US. Now, of course, the way people buy cars is different in the US because they expect the car to be right there, right then. They expect to walk up and be able to just buy what they buy the spec they want off the dealer's lot, mm. which is different from here. We're quite happy to go out, specify the car we want specify the exact set of kit we want, and then wait three weeks, a month, six weeks, two months, depending on how radically different ours is. This makes inventory so much easier in North America. And North America is such a flipping massive market that you can see, well, they say, okay, so we have, you know, we have this trim here of 530i. It comes, you know, it, it's it's white with beige leather because it's America. And comes with this spec, but you can choose, you know, it's, it's this price, but you can choose from these options uh, that can be installed on this. So it's exactly what you want. sir, so, madam.
1: But then on that, by that logic, which th- that's, that's great by that logic, it's not long till we're expecting that.
0: I, I know, I know that that's the flip side. So the other thing is leasing, of course, is that now if you're going a your company car, then it's all done on benefit and kind and list price, isn't it? Mm-hmm. People aren't buying these options because that raises the list price. If you don't own the option, does it still get counted? If
1: it's not considered a fixed asset of the car, do you mean?
0: Well, it's not. Yes. Basically. Because if you, you could do stuff because and then you well, after, like you, b- after you bought stuff, after you bought stuff, you can add things to cars. Mm-hmm. So you do it, you drive it off the forecourt, you do a quick lap round, come back, get your mats in and whatever else. And they're not in the, the original list price of your car. So by doing this, you do it, you go off, drive off, come back. Oh, look, I'm up. can I add my aftermarket heated seats, please? Now, that's going to be an interesting debate, that one, isn't it?
1: In in summary, I can see how this has occurred or this idea has, has come this far. Uh, my concern is, though, that how it's executed by the companies themselves. And it's getting enough people over that hurdle of well we've done it this way bef all up to now you're making us change oh god it's another thing that comes out every month.
0: Yeah. It can only be handled better than the Renault EV battery lease. Let's put that in context. That's the o- <laughs> that's the only consider that's a real pain because that's gone on and on and on and you can't turn it off whereas with these you could just say look I, I don't honestly I I don't need the cool seats anymore. Just 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 save me it'll be like a sky subscription.
1: Anyway, that's the end of the first part.
0: Yes, sorry. We waffled on that one far more than I expected, but it became more of a story and more interesting. The, well, I thought more interesting the more I thought. Uh, however, it is now. It is now Guilt Minute. Guilt Minute is back, everyone. I know Happy you all July. love it. You, You told us. <laughs> You told us in the survey at the, the, the end of last year how much you loved Guilt Minute. Uh, but yes, it is Guilt Minute, that point in the show where we remind you to think about and consider what the Motoring Podcast is worth for you. If you feel that we are worth a small amount for your hard-earned cash, then please do head to motoringpodcast.com, click on the orange Become a Patron button on the front page. Uh, if you're already a patron, then thank you so much. You absolutely rock. We understand that not everyone has the ability to do this, so please don't forget to like, rate, and leave feedback via the podcast player of your choice. If you've done all that, Then you really are wonderful. Uh, But how's about telling a friend all about us and um, possibly helping them subscribe? Obviously, if you don't actually subscribe to the show, uh, how's about doing so for free, making sure that we can come to you without the anxiety and worry that you might miss out on the next riveting news show. It is riveting. It is riveting.
1: Just what will Andrew and Alan get angry about next? (laughs) I know. (laughs) Talk us through the quickest redemption... In Formula E's history,
0: <laughs> yeah, well, yes. Uh, so, we talked last week about Neo three three three, and that they were looking for someone else to drive in Berlin for them, uh, and it came down to a choice. And obviously, they have chosen Daniel Abt, who is is far more familiar with the current generation of Formula E cars
1: and the race setup and everything else that's going on. So, yes, when I thought about it more and more, this was the easiest and sensible decision for them even though there's the controversy around Abd.
0: absolutely it, it was the se- and i think i said last week it was probably going to be the sensible decision yeah so yes the, the, all they've got to do is really make sure it is apt that turns up to drive on the day
1: yes i think there's going to be lots of questions saying are, are you definitely you have you got photo yes. id sir etc yeah. etc <laughs> having <laughs> to drive in an open helmet just to prove it
0: <laughs> just to prove that you are daniel abd yeah <laughs> There's been a bunch of, of Formula E news.
1: Yeah, there has. Uh, uh, this a bit of a shocker, this one. Hankook has uh, beaten Michelin to be the official tyre supplier for the Generation 3 series when that comes in in 2022, back in mm-hmm. 2022, uh, if all things go well. That is a shocker, really, because Michelin has been involved from the very start. And they're not just the tyre supplier. They are a heavy part. They're a big partner of Formula E and have been from the very beginning. Yeah. So so this yeah, is... Absolutely. I am a bit surprised with this. But uh, currently, Hankook supplies DTM and the W Series, uh, although digitally at the moment. Uh, so... Um, <laughs> They they do know you know they are heavily involved in uh, motorsports, which we all know. But like I say, I'm I am surprised that it's not Michelin. Maybe Michelin rested on their laurels a bit too much and got and just had it whipped from underneath them.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and one of the interesting thing about the tires, of course, in Formula E, is that they are practically road tires. Yes, they are high performance road tires because
1: it's another part of the keeping the the maximum speed down isn't it
0: -hmm. it's part of that yeah and and trying to keep it as relevant as possible so that you know the partners like michelin at the minute get as much development work and and benefit out of it as quickly as possible yeah Uh, so you know if, if the the race tires are in similar dimensions to road tires or performance road tires then then there's there's a much easier parallel between the two
1: there's movement behind the scenes in Formula E as well, isn't there?
0: Yes. The management team brought in a a load of new folk and mostly from outside motor racing. Mm. A lot of this is around branding, around business evolution. It's not actually to do with the racing side of it. But they brought in Henry Chilcott, who's coming from McLaren Racing as their chief brand officer. Mm-hmm. uh and he's he's ex sachi and all sorts of things like that as well not just that he also started he also helped form the McLaren Shadow esports program yeah he's also worked with team sky and all these kind of people they've also brought in Artie davas who comes from uh, the international cricket council uh so she's the new chief media officer
1: I'm a little bit worried about that one because she was head of media rights at the ICC and I as a supporter of cricket and international cricket, I don't believe the ICC did best for the viewing public on that. So that that begins, and this is the second time in this show, that the spidey sense is beginning to tingle a little bit and not in a good way. Do you think they're going to end
0: up on more paid platforms?
1: Yes, I am worried that the success that Formula E has built has been on the fact that it is open and they actively engage with a, an open and free to view audience.
0: Yes, with fans and audience and that was one of the key thing principles from the start. Yes. Yeah. I hope I'm wrong. I really am hope I'm wrong. That brings me to the third appointment which is Ellie Uktu. And uh she's joined from Manchester United uh, where she majored on the international event programs, and she's now the new Senior Partnership Operations Manager. Mm-hmm. Yes, that might feed into that too.
1: Yeah, but that'll be... that. Uh, so she'll have been involved in when the teams went abroad and did their tours of Southeast Asia and stuff like that, and how they meet and greet the fans and had their matches in, with local teams and all that sort of stuff. So uh, with her, I think that's quite good because that will be... Again, engagement is a heavy part of when a, when the football team, the Premier League football teams, for for sure, go to another country uh, on mm-hmm. the pre season tours, is to try and drum up international support for them and interest. So, yeah. that that one worries me less than than the TV one.
0: Okay, fair enough. Uh, no WRC yet until Italy. No, which is coming up. There's at some lots point. of
1: things sort of happening in the background. People are testing and stuff like that now, but there's there's nothing enough to to comment on right now Um, they've still got to make a decision on the car they're going to agree on yes which they need to do in the next four weeks (laughs) but we do have the designer's mood board is back and this time what seems to be this poor homeless chap joseph (laughs) Cabal.
0: i think he was subject of the last time we did a designer's mood board as well given how Shortest stay at Rolls-Royce was, yes.
1: But he's finally ending his year of exile (laughs) or years of exile and travelling around Europe and he's going back to Volkswagen, this time to head up the car brand design team, Mm -hmm. which then means that Klaus Bischoff is going to go upstairs to be head of Volkswagen Group Design and he takes over from Michael Maurer, who will now be able to go back to just worrying about making Porsches look like, Porsche's I'm not going to make a very sad joke that, no. that many people do. Well, first of all, I'm delighted Cavan got, has got a home again, because he does seem to have been shunted around.
0: I would imagine that his garden is looking particularly good at the moment. Yes.
1: Good luck to Joseph, and it'll be interesting to see as much from what Caban produces but also from what Bishkoff does because volkswagen are having to do a lot of cost savings they keep telling us how they're going to be doing lots of cost savings and looking at certain cars that have been announced this week there's a very heavy hint of rebadging hopefully there can be more differential again
0: they've got that metal bashing that metal bashing patent and they're going to flipping well use it
1: yeah it does does seem I, i'm They've surely got the money out of it by now.
0: You'd hope so. You'd hope so. Yeah. Anyway, should we move on to this week's lunchtime read? Yeah, let's give it a go. Uh, this this week's lunchtime read is is actually, uh, I guess, it's actually a, a book review, but it's it's a book review of, of a book that I would like to read, and I think it's 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 interesting. And thanks to Liam Bird for highlighting this one uh, inadvertently to us. <laughs> it's about a book called called Why We Drive. And it's by a chap called Matthew Crawford, and it's all about it's all about trying to look at, at why it is that people enjoy driving, and it all came out of a, a meeting that that Crawford had at at Google Mountain View, uh, when lots of people were, were were saying how wonderful it would be to be able to be more productive and less stressful and all sorts of stuff, and and he said, Bob, don't you think that that actually a lot of people really enjoy driving? Mm and this kind of flummoxed them uh, and so it's come out of there it's, it's a non-fiction book i'm looking forward to it i mean previously he's he's, uh, he's written books like the the case for working with your hands but yeah i'm i'm actually off off to buy this myself with my own hard-earned cash
1: i think it's out on the 16th of july
0: is it well i'm off to pre-order look. it with my own hard hard-earned cash yeah, get
1: a hard copy or the kindle copy at the moment
0: yes i will be ordering the kindle copy um anyway it's called why we drive on freedom risk and taking back control by matthew crawford and we'll link you to the Groniad uh, book review
1: yep definitely on my list right we're going to go to the list of the week and it's a little bit different this time
0: now i wanted a, i wanted the top 10 cars with three spoke wheels by the way but i got over so that's what happens that when ruled. you do a day job yeah, I know. I got overruled during the day, and this got swapped in instead. It's still in the list. It's not. It's not been thrown out. It's just not. You can probably week. get it next week now. Yeah. So
1: uh, this is from Forbes, and we're going to give you an extra bonus as well on top of this. But uh, Forbes produced an article by Steve Tangler called "The Top 25 Auto Security Hacks," and this goes back way back in time. You know, seemingly to 2002 from the first hack, all the way up to this year which is number 25, which is to do with uh, Ford and VW. So it's it's ones you've probably heard of, but there's a few in there I bet you haven't. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's interesting because as cars become more complicated and as we are repeatedly told, connected is the way forward, et cetera, et cetera, and whether that's from legislation or the car companies themselves, therefore more attack vectors open up for naughty people to do naughty things if they can find a weakness and these are vulnerabilities that have been pointed out so these are by ethical hackers is how they're called who have found these problems and declared them to the companies involved and said look you've got this problem you need to you need to address it. You need to Mm -hmm. fix this hole and make sure that your other vehicles don't have this hole as well. So uh, they actually do a very useful job in all this. So I thoroughly encourage you to go through the list. Have you got one on here that
0: you particularly went wide-eyed at or jaw was dropping? Not particularly, to be honest. Uh, I never clicked through the, the to, to any of the, the links in the YouTube videos or the articles uh, which describe them in, in more detail. I, I kind of was aware of, of most of them.
1: Yeah. You and I I think are slightly more advantaged because we I cover this and then throw it at you and go, look at this, this is outrageous. So you've you've been made aware <laughs> whether you yeah, want it to yeah, be or not. I'm sort of
0: <laughs> between folks like yourselves and a lot like you and and some of the other people, Stuart Coulson and folk like that, by the time you're, you're following them on Twitter, then you've got a pretty reasonable idea of what's going on.
1: Yeah. Well, a friend of the show, Ian Tabor, who actually runs the Car Hacking Villages in the UK and internationally, gets asked to go to comp security conferences abroad to take his car in a suitcase, which he's managed to shrink down to really fit in a suitcase now.
0: Mm, um, it really is. It's It's it is amazing.
1: <laughs> It is amazing.
0: The last time he was demonstrating it online, I didn't get a chance to, to log in and, and have a shot.
1: No, I missed that as well, uh, which is a shame. But he mm. found, this is your extra bonus, so number 26, but he found a vulnerability in 2015 DS5s. Uh, so the, that's Peugeot Citroën cars. So, And uh, what he found was that you could, if you're on the same Wi-Fi network, you could get into the uh, information center uh, of the car so you could get access to gps data telephone email and address contact detail if you linked up your phone to that sort of information across so he's he declared this to psa who have actually fixed this vulnerability and it's no longer in the latest edition of cars what it what it reminds and i think it should remind everybody involved in car manufacturing and what we in the wider public need to be aware of is that the the way cars are connected up that there is there is still a risk and particularly if and i'm not saying it's happened in this instance but a lot of software gets created not necessarily f- for the car industry but a lot of software gets created where people go onto github or something and goes oh i'll copy and paste that because that's got what i need not knowing there's a vulnerability in that code and mm-hmm. it's very very that we Car manufacturers are suddenly having to change their industry or amalgamate another industry in part of manufacturing, which is to write very good, secure, safe code.
0: Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why, why I think that, they, that there may be a move for them to say, actually, let's have it. Let's use somebody else's. Let's just install.
1: But VW are doing exactly the opposite.
0: They are. They are. So, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, everybody's coming now. Oh, we're not, we're a software, we're a technology company now. And in actual fact, it's, that's not the case. But people, they need to be so aware of their technology uh, in vehicles. Mm. Um, And it's a whole new skill that these big companies who have been, in some cases, building darn good mechanical engineering for a century. Maybe, or, or even more in some cases, and they've all of a sudden got to have, take on and learn and get up to, uh, and get up to quite a high uh, capability maturity around software and stuff like that. I don't want to go on and bore people too
1: much. Yeah. No, no, it's 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 very tricky. It's very complex. It's very hard, and they are trying to run at this already. Yeah, they're really uh, they are finding that's not easy. So,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: right, I think we're to and finally.
0: Well, and finally this week, this one I had read and watched, and it didn't really dawn on me to have it as an and finally until uh, Richard Gooding reminded me of it the other week. It's Jason Turchinski's nine hundred dollar EV as purchased from Alibaba. Which worked out, I think, by the time he'd paid all his taxes and everything, he managed to get it into the US for under $2,000 with batteries and everything. That's about a quarter of the price of a relatively basic electric golf cart. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's it's quite something. It's actually, it's be- the thing is, it's better than you think it's going to be. But it's well worth either looking back through the Jalopnik, hunting back through Jalopnik to find stuff is almost impossible. Instead, you're almost better going to YouTube and just watching the YouTube videos on this. Um, So we'll have links to the very first story and to the unboxing of a car, because yes, that's how it was delivered, folks. (laughs) Uh, Wrapped in cardboard. Uh, We'll have, have links to those in the show notes. But it's worth... It's worth watching just the whole taking taking it to bits or, or unwrapping it, pardon me, and then looking at it, and then the driving, and it's it's better than a kick in the teeth. And some bits of it are actually much better finished than you'd ever expect. It's genius.
1: Yeah, I love the, I love the idea of it. I love the idea of it.
0: I, I just don't think I would be brave enough to do it. It is, of course, not a proper car. It's still less embarrassing than a G Wiz. Yeah, I'd rather be seen in that than in a G Wiz. Which says quite something about the G-Wiz, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, Parish Notes this week, because we've waffled on quite a lot. Special there edition. Is special edition uh, came out last Thursday, which is the Kia Stinger. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is, which, uh, yep, so you can go and you can use that. There'll be another special edition out on Friday once I've edited it. I recorded it last week. Uh, did zoom zoomers last night as well as usual rich show notes everyone yeah rich scott which is at joe hallenbeck which he explains from twitter uh as the guest uh, as well
1: can't wait to watch that one
0: it's it's not bad and lots of car advert talk as well and yeah that's it from me what about you that's about it other than that i'm not really doing much as you can tell uh (laughs) i think last i think last wednesday i had a normal person evening that's what it felt like anyway Between now and the next time, you can give us any feedback. You can share your thoughts uh, with the show at Motoring Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, on Facebook, and on the contact page of motoringpodcast.com, the hub of all our activities. Please don't forget about our Patreon offer available at motoringpodcast.com. And please leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or however your podcast app lets you do such a thing. Uh, Andrew. What's the best way to get in touch with you? Best way
1: to get in touch with me is via Twitter. If you search for Crack Windscreen, you should find me there. And Alan, if people would like to know what a normal person Wednesday is, what's the best way for them to find that out?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, the best way is a spy cam in my in my sitting room. But uh, really, I'd much prefer if you just asked me on Twitter, where I'm at AJP Bradley. That's B-R-A-D-L-E-Y. Uh, we'll be back next week. But until then, I've been Alan Bradley.
1: I've been Andrew Clues.
0: And safe motoring.